This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I am Mike Sorg, the uh, video and podcast producer. You're probably seeing around a few of the events if you uh, frequented the Formula events over the last couple of years and hear my voice at the end of the podcast. But we are back again and I'm excited, looking forward to the 2019, uh, in this case, Michigan event. Uh, for Formula SAE. Uh, but uh, with us today, we're, we got a crew talking about some big changes that we've alluded to in past podcasts uh, for the endurance event. This is the, the, the details are coming together, and I'm excited to see what this is going to look like this year at Michigan Speedway. First of all, on the line with us is Kaylee Zundel, Program Manager at Formula SAE. How you doing today, Kaylee? I'm good. Thank you. Also with us is Laura Clauser, the endurance event captain, joining us again. Hello, everyone. And also uh, from jolly old England, uh, Matt Thomas is joining us, an endurance assistant captain and course designer with the event as well. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, thank you. And also Corey Johnson is joining us. He's an autocross assistant captain. How you doing, Corey? Hello. Laura, we'll have you start us off. And if you guys are listening on the podcast version, of course, there are some visuals with this. We'll probably have something posted in our video version as well for you to follow along. But if you're listening in the car and everything, uh, this is an easy way for you guys to get it in. So, Laura, what's new this year for the endurance event? Well, we have completely torn up how we've been doing it for a while. I don't even recall the very first, I guess since we've been in Michigan uh, at MIS. And uh, we are going to be relocating the track to include a portion of the infield course at MIS. We spoke to many of you who attended last year about this, and we sent out a survey as we were trying to find a new location for endurance. And thank you to everyone who participated in the discussion and took the survey. And basically, the back straight with the infield course uh combination ended up being the most popular choice. We also chose it because we were looking at our option along pit road. And unfortunately the concrete walls that are on pit road end up being just a little too close together for comfort. If we have an issue with a stalled car or something along those lines. So that's how we land it where we are. And what we wanted to go over today with everyone was to walk you through what we're thinking in terms of the course, where we think the staging is going to be and how the flow is going to look. A lot of time and effort has gone into this and the documents that you're going to be seeing today on the call are not final. So please be expecting to see maybe some changes, but we're, we're, pretty close. We're probably 70 to 80% of the way there. Uh, We are going to have to make some adjustments when we get on site, being in a new area. Sometimes when you go to set up, you find things you didn't know. Manhole covers catch us sometimes out in the back straight, you know, as well as the staging area. If we get there and there's poor pavement or, or it's gravel, or if, you know, MIS has some equipment parked and we can't use an area, we have to adjust when we get on site. But for the most part, we thought we could give you a general idea on what we're planning on doing so that when you arrive, you feel comfortable with the new format of the event and we can have a pretty good launch of this new location. So both Matt Kalmus and Corey Johnson are working on this course. They both have put in a ton of time getting it all cleaned up and ready for all of you. And uh, I'll turn it over to them to walk us through where we're at and uh, let everyone know what to expect. So here on the screen, everyone should be able to see on the WebEx just an overview of really the staging area. 
And we'll get in a little later into some of the other big decisions we had to make. But one of the big things that we heard for the last, it's probably 10 years now, is that teams were not keen on the, on the distance to get from, from fuel, which actually, if you look on the map where my cursor is, is roughly right over here, all the way across the infield. And, you know, as we were thinking about where to set up the infield course, one thing that we tried to do is make that distance a lot, a lot more manageable. So what you'll see is if you're looking on the on the map on the screen, the area to enter and exit the endurance course this year is going to be right over here where my cursor is, where it says entry exit. And that is roughly right across from G1, near where the restrooms are and where registration and things like that are. So it's much closer to the paddocks, which are right over here to the left. So you'll just have to come out of the paddock over to fuel and then right back over here. So it's a much, much, much shorter distance for everything. And then once you come through this entry and exit area, the gates that we'll have set up, there'll be a, you know, a good amount of space where you can park all of your, your tools and your car and you know, get ready for your upcoming endurance. So over here, we'll have a bunch of lanes and grids set up as we normally do uh, fairly near the entrance. So that way you can park everything over there. And then from there, you'll come down. So what you'll see is it's a little bit congested, but you know, it's wide enough. Uh, without any problems, you'll pass by the scoreboard and then come into the staging area. So over here, where it starts to be in pink, is where we'll stage, similar to years past, right? So from here, you'll, you'll stage up. We'll have two or three lines of cars, uh, two or three rows deep, so that way we always have a car ready to go. And then you'll enter the track from there. So this will be the entry area, and then the you know the setup in the entry area should look pretty similar to how it has in years past, right? You'll come on the track, go around. Of course, this year on the infield, it'll be much much longer, so it'll be many fewer laps, probably much closer to 10 than 20. And then you know, as you finish and you see a checkered flag, you'd pull off over here again and then loop around. So if it's for your driver's change, you'll pull into one of the driver's change lanes. And then if it's uh, your second driver and he or she is complete, you'll come straight through and head over to the exit, you know, turn off your engine and have your team meet you to push the car out back into the staging area. So we tried to keep as much of the entry exit area similar to years past. Uh, but what you'll see is that it's it's a little different setup, just given the you know, the space constraints we have in this part of the course. But but for us, we we think this will make a lot of ease and time savings for everyone getting to the to the track, and also lets us use the infield in a fairly you know, easy to access way. I think one thing that's probably good to note with this new staging location is, uh, and Matt and Corey, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. It looks like we're going to be a little bit longer to exit the track, come into driver change and get back on, which means for those of you who do a phenomenal job at optimizing your fuel tank size, you do want to account for some cushion to make sure that, you know, you, you realize it's going to be a little bit longer distance. And of course, we always put in the caveat too, if, if there is a red flag, depending on where you are in the lap, uh, we will stop it and not count that lap, but you cannot add fuel. So please keep that in mind when you are determining the tank size of your car. Yeah, Laura, I would say these cars probably burn a little less fuel than uh, the race cars you, you deal with on a daily basis. So I would worry much more about the red flag situation than the extra 20 feet on the driver's change. Fair point. <laughs> Corey, you want to walk us through uh, where we're at with the design so far? And we can go ahead and give everybody a little bit of a preview of what we're thinking. So this year, uh, obviously, we're using the infold course, which will make the track longer. Um, in reality, it's only really longer by the length of the um, 
the on in this picture the road on the right and the road on the left uh, because if you consider the the return along where the driver change uh, area is along the top is just about the same length as we would uh, have in that going in that direction on the back stretch so uh, what we were able to do though is then create larger more uh, sweeping and dynamic elements on the back stretch um, to better show the capabilities of the cars and just make it generally more interesting uh, for you guys driving. So um, we expect to be working in a clockwise direction as you see it here. And uh, so that means you'll um, enter the back stretch uh, at the same place that you uh, entered it in past years to come in to you know pit grid and all that stuff you'll come in through that same entrance and then you'll proceed down the back stretch um as you know in past years but instead of you know making a loop and coming back uh you'll go up the the other road the road on the left um partway and we expect to have at least for now there may be a fifth one added but for now we're planning on four passing zones. There's one on each road and one in the middle of the back stretch. So uh, we we definitely hope that that's enough. We've we actually had three passing zones in last year's course. So adding a fourth one uh, with the extra length of this course, uh, we expect to be enough. But as with everything we do um, with our courses, we learn and improve. And so if it's not quite enough this year, uh, you can expect uh, to see a fifth passing zone next year. Yeah, one thing about that is obviously with a course that's, call it 30, 40% longer than last year, we're not still planning to put on 50% more cars, right? So with the extra distance, right. the cars will be spaced out a little bit more than they were last year. So while we at times, I don't remember the number we got up to last year, say it was eight or nine or 10 cars at the most at any one time, if this year we're running that same 10 cars, but with 30 or 40% longer course, the need for those passing zones should start to minimize a little bit. So you'll have a little more of an open course in front of you for for the, for the your lap, which we think will also just improve improve things for everyone and give you a slightly you know, better experience. One thing I think would be fun to share with everybody uh, is how we make these courses. Uh, you guys are clearly the experts in this area, but uh, one of the tools that we, we use is we have access to uh, an engineer over at Pratt Miller, John Lankus, who will run lap sims for us when we get the designs created. Uh, do you, Corey and Matt, do you guys want to talk a little bit on the creative process on how we get to these tracks and the different things that we look for and do? We, we do try to um, make sure that there's elements like uh, all, all different kinds of elements, you know, increasing radii, decreasing radii, increasing slaloms, decreasing slaloms. And um, we try and have a, a wide variety to show that, you know, the have some cars uh, exhibit their strengths in certain elements and others uh, are weak there and, uh, but strong in a different area. So we try and have all the types of elements so that um, each car has the ability to shine uh, in their best uh, type of element for them. Um, so by creating individual elements uh, that sort of check off each category, 
and then basically just linking them uh, as best we can. That's um, how we create these uh, unique and different courses each year. Yeah, so I think a couple of things, Corey, to add to that, right? So this year, one thing that's obviously both an opportunity and a challenge in some ways is the road course portion, right, which is about three, you know, half to three quarters of the distance of this track. We're fairly limited in the overall track width, right? It's around like 30, 30 to 35 feet wide for most of the most of the pavement and the infield, which means that we only really have uh, 10 or 15 feet at most of, of track width that we can vary things. So it gave us a lot of constraints, which in some ways constraints are good. It makes it a lot easier to drop, drop um, different sections of course on there, but it also limited what we could do on those parts of the track. Uh, but we really tried to use the, use what was on the road course, right? So you'll see in areas where there's the big, big section over here, we're trying to, accentuate some of the the radii that are built into the road course just given the handling characteristics of the formula cars as compared to a lot of the you know, street cars that might otherwise drive on the road course and then when we got down to the, the back straight where we you know as Corey was mentioning before i think we actually have way fewer cones than we normally have back there given that it's less less dense we're able to really space out the features and you know, have a, a good mix of high speed and low speed features throughout that part of the course. So I think it'll be you know, interesting and very different to drive than some of our courses have in the past. I think that's a great point, Matt, about the fewer number of cones. And uh, it's going to be very important for your drivers to do the walk, especially on the backstretch, which actually might seem counterintuitive because that is the area that they've always driven on. Um, and, and, you know, the road course is new, but the road course should be more readable by eye as you drive. The backstretch being as it has fewer cones this year, is we will try our best to make it um, obvious and and visually um, easy. But being that as there is fewer cones, it will be a little bit harder, perhaps than previous years, to know where the course is. So you're going to have to bring your autocross skills to the max and uh, remember the backstretch to it, you know, especially let's say in the bottom right here of the picture we're looking at where it doubles back on it itself several times. Um, you're, you're going to need to know not to skip like across to the next section of the course. Yeah. Somewhere like over sure here you do... would be easy to just go up there and that's definitely not yeah, out of right. off course penalties. We work yes. with uh, a group, the SCCA group uh, for Detroit, and they serve two roles for us. One is they keep an eye on safety and they help with timing and scoring and, and just event overall. But when we put these courses up, we work with some of their course designers that make their autocrosses that they run on the weekend. And, and one of the key uh, strengths that they bring is that they help us as we're setting up look and say okay hey we might need to move this a couple feet so that the line of sight for the driver is better uh, in order to make the course more like what you would experience if you were doing a weekend autocross with the SCCA. Another another thing that we had to think about a little bit this year with just the long straights and the infield is obviously the rules. Uh, and there's you know, limitations right on how long a straight can be if it's not preceded and followed by a, you know, a hard turn. And in this case, other than at the corners, you've got almost, you know, in most of these stretches, a quarter mile of fairly straight pavement. So you'll see, you know, you may find a lot of slums along the way there. 
in part because we're, we're obviously trying for safety's sake and the rules sake to keep the speed fairly reasonable. If we had you know, 500 feet of straight followed by a slalom, followed by 500 feet of straight, it would be you know, the car, your cars would be going so fast that it would, it would honestly be dangerous for both the course workers and potentially the drivers. And you know, that's one thing you'll notice if you see some of those features is it's set up to, to contain the speed over, over those long distances. Matt, would you say that was the most difficult thing about this change was maintaining the speeds? I think in terms of a design perspective, maintaining the speeds for sure. And, you know, we worked with John on this actually last year. We had the infield part of this course we actually designed before last year, uh, the first version mm -hmm. of it. And John ran it through simulator so we could see where cars, based on his model, would be going way beyond the you know, the speeds that we want as top speeds. So we you know, we were able mm -hmm. to slow those sections down. And then we also you know, worked with him on the bottom section a little bit last year and this year to really try to create some sections that will push the cars cars hard and test their dynamic handling in a in a very different way. Well, I have to say, I mean, the course looks very interesting. You know, I think the students will definitely enjoy it just being something new and fresh. In my recollection of this, are the road surfaces an issue going from like the, the straightaway where it's obviously made for, you know, the races to, to the middle uh, sections? Is, is there like a, a, a terrain issue or different kinds of asphalt uh, that you had to contend with when you were designing this course? Yeah. So the, the biggest uh, area that, that might be a concern for road smoothness would be uh, right near the start finish line because of the the restricted area we have to work with there, um, we we may need to put the start finish line across uh, a less than ideal surface. But of the entire course, that's the only place that that we may get stuck doing that because all these other road. Well, the top part of the picture is all the infield road course that's used for actual you know, um, professional racing, um, as well as the road on the right, as well as the backstretch. So the only road here that's shown that's not uh, used in, you know, quote unquote, professional racing is the road on the left. And that one's in great shape. Um, so there's no no concerns about, you know, rumble strips or, or, you know, breaks in the pavement or anything, except right around potentially the start finish line. Um, the rest of it, it looks pretty good. We did we did choose this configuration of the course because there is another road that comes. Um, Matt, can you point to the road that we chose not to use? It's uh, down below from the dip, right? Yep, right where Matt's cursor is. There's another road that we were considering, but that one did have uh, some rough pavement, and that that was so one of the reasons why we chose not to use it. The road that you're using on the left of the map, if is that just for context, is that the road that would typically go out to the practice course in previous years? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's gate 12 on the left and gate 50 on the right. I think another thing that a lot of people were concerned about uh, for those that were not in favor of us using the back straight and the infield was spectating. And we have discussed this quite a bit to try and figure out how to make sure that people can have access to see the course. No one uh, besides course workers will be allowed inside the middle of the course for safety reasons. We can't have anyone crossing a hot track. But 
we are trying to get around that by offering viewing outside of behind the back straight, which will try to detail best how to access that and, and allow people options, as well as we've looked at bringing bleachers in along the course. Uh, they won't be the big metal ones that you see typically, which will be out for the other events, but they'll be out as close as we can get you to the course so that you can still have an opportunity to see and take pictures. And the one thing that we've noticed is the back straight is flanked on either side by very large chain link fences that NASCAR has up uh, to protect people. Whereas where we're going in the infield, we will be not allowing people to get right on top of the track, but our barriers won't be, you know, 12 feet or whatever, however tall those things are you will have a better line of sight, we think, into seeing the cars. So we're hoping that those who are concerned about spectating will be pleasantly surprised with our solutions for that. Sounds like some uh, good opportunities for people that have a, a good telephoto lens out there. Absolutely. With this new setup, is this going to affect uh, the layout of the other dynamic events? Uh, you know, I don't know, you know, things with preparation of uh, kind of a wider course. Is that going to change things up a little bit for the, uh, the, the first dynamic day? No, Friday is staying the same. The only difference is you might see us working a little bit on the infield course in areas where you're pushing the cars, but we'll try to best to keep out of the flow of traffic. Everything else for autocross acceleration skid pad are located in the same locations they've been and we are running a similar format with the same timeline that we had last year for open all day on friday it's not a change compared to last year it's just a continuation that practice will move from um the current location to on saturday it'll move back to the, the alternate site that's the only thing the spectator viewing is definitely something we're working on. Um, will we have a perfect solution for 2019? Probably not. But um, with that, we will definitely, you know, continue, especially if this course works out that we want this course. I think that's something to, to note is that we won't have an actual buried timing wire like we have in the back straight um, because we're not 100% sure the start-finish line we're going to use for 2019 is where we actually will want it. So um, we're going to um, use epoxy and put the timing wire down this year, hopefully get that perfect uh Lay, layouts and then um, we will bury the timing wire uh, for future years but um, I think a lot of the uh, with the, with this being a transition you're kind of testing it um, I think a lot of things I think it'll be helpful for students just to understand that everything's going to be kind of pending um, will we have a bunch of seats you know bleachers maybe not but hopefully we can at least transitional year provide some barriers that at least get you out into the infield to close enough to the tracks you may have to stand but i'm sure that's better than not being able to be out there at all <laughs> it may be a good idea to bring for students to bring camp chairs uh because not only will we have bleachers whether there be a lot or a few bleachers um you can you'll be they'll be able to basically walk anywhere around the course um outside of the bike fencing that we'll be putting up. And then mm -hmm. if they bring their own chair, they can sit wherever they want. SAE will definitely be sending out more notices. And then I think um, because we'll have a chance for final, um, you know, um, update in the driver meeting presentation slides um, to address some of the stuff maybe too. Um, 
we'll definitely have more than enough time to get communication out to the teams about what the final step is. Uh, well, with that, uh, looking forward to, to seeing how the uh, endurance uh, uh, turns out this year. It is exciting changes for this, and, and I can't wait to see how it turns out and, uh, and, and myself visually how it's going to look when we do those uh, sweet highlight videos. Thank you so much, everybody on the call here uh, for uh, for joining us and uh, enlightening us on some details on what's going into this process. It's been kind of cool to see this um, since it's, I think it was first being discussed around uh, last year's event, if not a little bit before, and seeing it come to fruition. So, of course, everybody, please keep updated. Uh, like we, they mentioned, they're going to be putting out a lot of uh, updates about what's going on this year. Uh, make sure you have downloaded the app on your smartphone and keep an eye out until next time stay safe out there thanks for listening to formula sae fastcats as always we want to hear from you so email us at formula sae at sae.org the show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com stay safe and we'll catch you next episode